LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. Hey, party people, today I tested my setup. We should not have any issues. My apologies uh, for standing you guys up sort of on Friday. Believe me, no one was more pissed than I was as I was trying to make the thing work. Um, but we're here. And today, you know, I was going to talk heavily, and I'm still going to talk about it. Um, the subject I was going to talk about Friday still really matters today, so we are going to talk about that. But I wanted to do something a little different. I um, I had the opportunity, and I needed it. I had the opportunity to go to see Dead and Company, um, out in Bristow, Virginia. And uh, I, you know, I wanted to go. I really wanted to go. I had tickets for Dead and Company uh, before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit, and it canceled out the. Uh, show so i didn't get to go see it then um then i tried to get tickets for the makeup in hershey when the pandemic was over and uh for whatever reason didn't work out i'm not sure why but it did work out saturday and i did get to go and i was very very happy so i just want to share with you because it's going to paint some of the rest of the picture it's going to paint some of the rest of the picture i've been under so much pressure so much personal pressure, most of which I don't share on this, and I'm not going to share all of it now, even still. Um, but I've been under so much unbearable pressure that I felt like if you'd have just accidentally grazed me with a tack, I would have exploded. I was filled to the rim, like body fluid full, just absolutely full and tight. It was stress, you name it. And, um, you know, when I went on Friday, I left. The show wasn't until 7. I left, and I was by myself. I had two tickets. The person I was supposed to go with, their wife planned some special things. So I ended up going alone by myself. And it was fantastic. I needed me time. I needed alone time. I needed time to sort out my thoughts. I needed time to release a lot of that pressure. And genuinely, I mean, I may still die sometime soon, who knows, from a heart attack. But I needed to release it. Do you understand this, this activism shit, this constantly staying on top of stuff, this constantly learning and digging and striving and, and begging people to come. The worst part is the begging people to come along. That's the absolute worst part of this role is trying to get people to do something because I, I don't know whether they think you're joking or whether they don't think you're serious or whatever, but they just don't do it. They don't, they don't, they don't follow through on shit. So all that pressure, feeling all that pressure, I needed to release it. I needed to release it. And so I went to dead and company on Saturday left. Like I said, around one in the afternoon, um, it was two hours to get there, but the last one mile took me two hours as well. So it was like four hours in total. And I got there, 
met a whole bunch of old hippies, but I met a whole bunch of young hippies too. And I met full families of hippies, full families where there were children like age five there dancing in sundresses and flower flowers in their hair and dancing around and singing, happy, contented amongst their people. And uh, whew, I'm sitting there. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I, I, I didn't, I did not try to become a live streamer. I didn't try to document every picture possible. I literally said, this is for me. <laughs> I said, it's for me. And uh, I needed it. My God, did I need it. I can't even tell you how badly I needed it. But I do want to share with you the very few pictures that I took. And so I hope that you guys enjoy this. Um, again, nothing terribly special. There's old Grumbine sitting there in the crowd. Got my steal your face tank top on. Fat and whatnot. But I was up near the top because arthritis said Grumbine get to the top. So I went. That was where it was. And there's a picture of the crowd. I mean, talk about amazing, you know, I, I mean, just super amazing. And, and let me say this, this guy right here is one daughter right here, his other daughter right here and his wife, which is somewhere over here. And they're, these two girls had their boyfriends they are somewhere in here. And then they had a four-year-old little blonde haired, beautiful little girl that was with them as well. And it was just like dance, dance, dance. And they sang as a family. There was older people singing with them, younger people singing with them. And it was just the happiest moment. And, and if you've never been to a dead show, I'm sorry, this is the end of the road here. Um, they are in their final thing for Dead and Company, which isn't the dead because Jerry died right after I saw them the last time at RFK in 1995. But in case y'all didn't know, Grumbine's a deadhead, right? I usually wear something on, on the shows that I do with a lot of dead on it. So I, I don't think it's like a big secret that I'm a deadhead. But I, I had this one. I thought, wow, oh, look at this. Look at this. You know, it, it's like just, just amazing happiness. And, you know, it wasn't there to be in a mosh pit. It wasn't there to jump around. It wasn't there. It was there just to simply be part of it, you know. And uh, I think there's one more clip on that from the show. Favorite song? Anyway, I, I, if you guys can check, I've got some videos that are out there because they're really beautiful. Nothing fancy about that. Um, but. Anyway, suffice it to say, that was what I did. So there we go. We we had a moment. You got to see a little bit of a moment of Grumbine in there, and I hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, so let's let's get back to what we're talking about here with debt ceilings and uh, stagecraft, okay? So as I was driving to Virginia, I had to go through Loudoun County. And Loudoun County is one of the wealthiest places in Northern Virginia, 
right through Leesburg and Ashburn, um, you name it. And these buildings were like, I swear to God, I felt like I was in Greece during the Athenian period where you had massive, huge marble, you know, temples for the gods. And it was all for places like Halliburton and, uh, I mean, you name it, all of them, every one of Boeing, all of these big heavy hitters um, that, that literally are here to do nothing but to destroy the planet. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, and I know this is going to suck to hear what I'm going to say here, but I thought I got to file this in the back of my head for when I go live on Monday. I don't want to carry it here. I want to enjoy the show. But this, this is what we're up against. You and I, little people sitting there in our little houses, or some of us not even home, some of us not even housed, okay? You're up against these massive, huge structures built to, to relish the gods of war. And we're sitting there talking about UBI, fighting over UBI, which is stupid, Fighting over Medicare for all, which is stupid. Fighting over a job guarantee, which is stupid. Folks, we've got to get past the obelisk. <laughs> we've got to get past the all-seeing eye. We've got to get past the military-industrial complex, the, the power structure, the rich. All these folks and their grand networks and their everything, all this stuff. And you think to yourself... People don't understand the opulence of wealth in the U.S. They don't understand the opulence of what we're fighting against. And that opulence, they're going to defend to the gills. They're going to defend that opulence to the gills. And how do they defend that opulence? How do they defend it? They defend it with things like the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is there to re-entrench, to ensure the long-term viability, the long-term ownership of society. They use the debt limit as a means of ensuring that at no time do the little guys get ahead. They, they use it as a political game back and forth between each other, but that's the stagecraft. And what you think about this, and I and I hope you think about this really, really hard. Think about this really, really hard. They have produced so many little rules, fake rules, rules that are bullshit, but they're real. They're real in terms of they hurt us. They don't have any value. It's not like, hey, guys, you don't have to breathe anymore. Trust me, it'll be fine. No, you may be able to hold your breath for a few minutes, but you've got to breathe. It's just the same thing as saying, oh, my God, I've got diarrhea. And it's like, ah, it's okay. Hold it for a while. You can hold diarrhea for an hour maybe. But after that, the sphincter does sphinx, and it says, nope, got to go, and releases the deluge, whether you're on the toilet or sitting there in a car or whether you're walking, okay? The debt ceiling kind of serves in this way. It's a way of protecting capital it's a way of protecting their interests and it's a way of fighting back and forth with each other to give the appearance that they're fighting for you 
Now, back to what I was saying, if you think about this, I read to you an article a couple weeks back from Forbes magazine from Bill Hockett. Excuse me, Bob Hockett. Wow, sorry, Bob. Bob Hockett. And in there, it gave you six, and then he later edited and revised it to seven reasons why the the government's budget is its own debt ceiling and its own debt floor. And it went through all the legal elements to, to slam dunking the point that this debt ceiling doesn't even have to exist. Okay. Doesn't even have to exist. And yet they played it up as if it was absolutely had to exist. Like everything from the newspapers to the online outlets, to the mainstream media. And you'll forgive alt media for not having a clue because clearly they didn't. And you could see every step along the way, the hand wringing, the they're negotiating deep into the night, folks. They're really working this one, okay? But the reality is that I come back to my trip to Virginia and looking at these massive structures. Do you think that Steve Grumbine looking at a Forbes article from Bob Hockett was some form of big revelation? Do you think that these legal eagles, they have advising the president, advising the parties, they are filled with lawyers top to bottom. They got K Street lobbyists up the ass everywhere they go. Do you think for a minute they don't know everything about the 14th Amendment? Do you think for a minute that they don't have someone advising them every one of those legal precedents. Do you think that they did not know that they could mint a coin? Do you think they did not know that they could do any of that stuff? They knew every bit of it. They knew every single bit of it. But they went out there and you didn't. How could you? How could you know? First of all, life in and of itself is hard to know. Do I wear pants? Do I wear shorts? Do I go commando? Do I put up boxers on? Is it going to be hot? Do I wear fucking linen? Do I wear cotton? What do I wear? These are questions regular people deal with every single morning when they get out of a hot, steamy shower. Or if they don't have choices, they just throw them whatever the fuck ever they got. These are like next level things you got to think about. I mean, next, next level things. The average person doesn't think about this shit. There's no way they could think about this shit. They hear just the headline. Debt ceiling, out of money. The country's broke. Can't pay its bills. Inflation. If you don't know what the hell they're saying, if you don't have any kind of analytical framework, this is all really, really big stuff. It's scary. And they're counting on that, by the way. They're counting on your ignorance, our collective ignorance. And they're counting on us to go along, to get along with whatever is said. And as I drove through Virginia and I looked at these massive buildings and I thought, this isn't just in this one little spot here at one Loudon out there near Dulles. This extends the next 30 miles into Washington, DC. 
and extends around the other side of the beltway to Potomac. And all the way through the 270 corridor, another tech corridor, the Herndon-Dulles tech corridor, Reston, Maryland, Potomac, all that. The whole region is filled, filled to the gills with money, government contractors, military contractors, you name it. And we're expected to rise up to fight the system. I'm serious. I, I, I'm trying to put it in perspective for you. And I thought to myself, wow, we're a long way away from being able to make a dent in that, really. We're a long way away from being able to make a dent in any of that. We're a long way away from making a dent in our own communities, our own friends, our own fellow travelers. You know? Found out this morning um, that Cornell West is going to be running for president under the Movement for a People's Party banner. I've got a lot of problems with MPP. A lot of problems receipts, you name it. I've been through that mill. Cornell West is a pretty bad motherfucker. He's not perfect. He's kind of one of those glosses over some of the important things kind of person. Um, had some troubling content on there that I felt was feeding conspiracy stuff, which bothered me a little bit, but whatever. And that he's against the CBDCs, which really... It's not a matter of whether they're good or bad. It's they're a giant nothing burger. And when you're around people in economics that work on this stuff, you don't panic about stupid shit that ain't there to panic. But you can tell the people that sit there in the circles that get the clicks and likes that talk about this shit like, oh, my God. And it's not scary. But that right there, the lack of awareness and understanding of what the monetary system is and how CBDCs work. And we've had Bob Hockett come through. We have Rowan Gray. We've had Raul Carrillo. We've talked to Brett Scott. We've talked to a bunch of people. We, we're, we're not avoiding the issue in any way, shape, or form, but we don't say it in the hyperbolic way that a lot of people do. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the vast majority of people out there are not only earnestly and honestly ignorant as fuck, meaning no ill will to anyone they just don't know. There's another group of people that think they know, run around. I mean, I got ratio <laughs> I got ratioed on Twitter the other day for saying something as simple as isn't it weird how the right wing can organize around anti LGBTQ stuff? But the left can't organize to get health care, cancel student debt, or really, you know, a Green New Deal, anything else, right? Jimmy Dore came in there and said, that's because you're confusing the people you think are the left. I'm like, I know, I, how do I know someone doesn't watch what I do without them saying I don't watch what you do? Jimmy let the cat out of the bag. He clearly doesn't watch what I do, doesn't listen to our podcasts. 
doesn't listen to anything because if he did, I doubt he would hear anyone saying Steve Grumbine said Joe Biden is the left or AOC is the left or any of these other people are the left. I doubt he would hear me say we got to line up and vote for more progressives. Check the tape. You're not going to find it. But that didn't stop the Harpy Brigade from dive bombing me to his. My tweet got like, I don't know, 50, 55 likes his tweet subtweeting me. It might be over a thousand now. All because it was like he made this thing. Somebody thought he they got the guy from status coup. <laughs> and that was the other thing, guilt by association. If you watch me on status coup, you will clearly see that I am the fodder for Jordan as well. You'll clearly see that I am not the guy saying, well, we definitely got to get out there and phone bank for a, just a few more progressives. You're not going to see that either. I'm the guy that's telling you we need to build parallel systems and we need to organize outside the duopoly and that we need to be able to educate so that we have any kind of analytical framework to develop any kind of coherent governance or countervailing you know, measures against what we're up against. But, but we're not. We're not. You know what I'm saying? We're not. And it's really hard to get anyone on a message, have it build and have it grow and have it take form and have people take action to build from it. You know, I was on the early days of the movement for a people's party. I was one of the first folks that endorsed that because I was also part of the progressive independent party effort that was kind of build a umbrella for everyone from like socialist alternative, uh, green party MP back the time it was draft Bernie for a people's party. Um, and all these other independent groups. I think there was the, uh, democracy party or the, um, uh, justice party and a few others. Right. We all got together and did a bunch of things. We thought we were, you know, I mean, it was part of uh, Occupy Inauguration. It was part of Disrupt J20. It was part of um, Convergence Conference. And then it kind of went off the rails. And, you know, even that, in very, I mean, it got, got weird, right? It went libertarian. It started becoming kind of weird. It, a lot of infighting, a lot of, it's just what happens. It's just exactly what happens. And, uh, but nobody's teaching these things. Nobody's, te all, the only thing anybody really is getting a hold of is Democrats bad, duopoly bad, uh, you know, vote harder or vote third party. Never mind the structure that we're up against. It's not just any one election cycle. It's not just, it's the actual process, the rules, the way you get through the door, who is the gatekeeper. And if you understand the way this works, the League of Women Voters, they ain't running the debates no more, are they? No, it's the Republicans and the Democrats. They control this with an iron grip. So you've got to hope that you've got Republicans or Democrats willing to fight for ranked choice voting, willing to vote away their own power. Um, 
And they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Why in the world would Democrats or Republicans, especially Democrats, when so many of the left and other independents have dem-exited, which I don't blame them, but they've dem-exited, so now they have no power to impact the Democratic Party, which is, by the way, between Democrats and Republicans, the only way you're going to vote your way to ranked choice voting. It's the only way, okay? And so I go back to the trip into Virginia, and I look at those massive buildings, and I think, am I, am I, uh, am I saying anything that is not coherent and aware of the massive, massive juggernaut we are up against. Capitulation is not an option. And yet at the same time, though, where do you put your effort? Where do you put your effort? Because everything is gaslighting. All the news we're seeing is gaslighting. All the stuff about what the nation's capable of and not capable of is gaslighting. We try to bring you the most real understanding of economics possible. We try and tell you step-by-step through the process. People don't get it. So we have so much education that we need to get to people so that they're capable of having an analysis, capable of participating in democracy. You know, it's kind of like vestigial brains, vestigial arms of the T-Rex, vestigial brains of the voter. We have forgotten that it takes more than just voting. And yet at the same time, though, what would you do? How would you do this? You know, most corporations, they're not producing anything. Most corporations are only a stock portfolio managed by a investment guy or gal. If you stop buying their product, they don't care. They just buy up another company and swap it out for XYZ. In fact, go to Jack Walsh. Welsh. Jack Welsh was uh, GE's CEO, and uh, he had a guy, Larry Bossidy, and another guy named Ram Sharon, who wrote a book called Execution. It's a business book, so I doubt many of you all would want to read it, but it's a book that I've read. And it talks, Jack Welsh had a theory, a, a philosophy, that if you were not number one or number two in an industry, they literally cut you. They, they would sell you off in parts off to some equity firm. If you don't have a means of boycotting their products to make them sweat, well, okay, great. And, and the United States is a service economy. I want you to understand, yes, there are some physical jobs out there, many physical jobs out there. But overall, the United States is a service economy. If everybody went on strike, we'd have a very service-less <laughs> economy. But the production and everything else, 
you're not stopping the factories from cranking out goods and services, maybe some, but not many. So in the end, the ability to bring production to a crawl, not the same thing, really not the same thing. So you got to really analyze this stuff through, through a different lens, through a, through a different understanding, through a, through a sober lens, a lens minus the hyperbole. It's great to understand capital, labor, Marx, Engels, other people not giving credit from African and Asian nations from years gone by, critical thinkers that were never given credit for the work they've done. It's easy to think about different forms of life and read David Graeber's book and the dawn of everything and try to figure out what, what it would be like in a book. Well, there's a lot of books out there. You can read whatever the fuck you want to read. The reading isn't the issue, although we do need to get everybody on the same page. The ability to execute whatever plan you've got is a real big deal. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I'm a project manager by trade, so I'm all about getting shit organized and executing a plan. My experience with the activist community out there is that's not everybody's favorite thing to do. They don't like actually having to think through a problem and put a plan together. And then I bring us all back to those ginormous buildings down the Loudoun County corridor, Loudoun one, you name it. And I caution you that the powers we're up against are not gonna deal with your, well, after I finish binge watching XYZ, then I think I got 15 minutes a day somewhere to put towards this project, right? That's fundamentally not understanding what you're up against. Sometimes it's better to not see. Sometimes it's better not have eyes to see. Sometimes it's better to, you know, to go back to sleep, right? To be cipher and to take that steak and know it ain't steak, but eat it anyway. But we are, if de facto, de facto slaves, different kind of slave, but a slave nonetheless. And instead of having Bubba with a whip, come and go, hey, Instead, what they do is they use things like the Nauru to lay people off, to keep you fearful, to make you want to save more of your money to ensure that you're taking care of the next time there's a downturn in the economy. Never mind the fact that there's somebody drowning right here, right now, today that really could use help. But you can't worry about helping them because you've got to protect yourself for the next downturn. And this is how they keep us completely and utterly on the edge of our seat, totally. I don't even know what the right word for it is, but living in precarity, living in fear. And there's always a group of people that's doing a little bit better than somebody else. And it's always a very, very 
small amount better. You don't realize how small the amount of better is because they keep things in such a way that very minimal gains will either get taxed away from you. There'll be some fine fee or penalty that'll get you or something. It's only when you get up into the stratosphere that it really starts pivoting and shifting. And then you stop worrying about whether you ever have to work again. If you never wanted to work again, you didn't have to work again. You have enough money for you and your loved ones to live for several generations without ever lifting a finger to contribute to society. But for the rest, we have to work our asses off to produce the goods and services for that person. Now, again, we don't produce much. So the idea of a general strike What exactly do you think is going to solve there? Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the rich want their, you know, their eggs Benedict done to perfection. So, yes, there is a server mentality that is required for them. Um, but in reality, you're talking about longshoremen. You're talking about dock workers. You're talking about rail workers. You're talking about um, different forms of transportation throughout the US. And and really cuz we're a global movement, right? At some level we got to consider the rest of the world too. And unfortunately, the thing right in front of us, our own knowledge, our own willingness to lean in and be a part of it. We can't worry about any of these grand things. It's too big. It's too big. You've got to worry about training yourself up so you can be a force multiplier. You've got to train yourself up to be the one that can educate someone else. Years ago, before we got tripped up by a bunch of assholes that tried to destroy this organization, everything we did, and we still put it out there, but not nearly as much as we used to. Everyone that came to Real Progressives knew, point blank, Real Progress, you knew. Your job was hashtag each one, teach one, each one, reach one. You didn't question whether it was your job to share. You didn't have to be begged to share the stuff. You knew that this was the way each one, teach one is uh, executed. You didn't have to be bugged. But the truth is that we haven't made enough progress. We didn't make enough progress then. We made a lot of progress, but we didn't make a lot of progress on the grand scale. And you can see Katie Halper had Richard Wolf on the other day talking about the debt ceiling and stuff like that. Katie Halper in one sitting has more views than I will have the entire week from every Rhodes Scholar for one of her shows. Richard Wolf misled however many thousands, tens of thousands of people will listen to Katie Halper. And she didn't push back at all because she doesn't know anything to push back with. She doesn't have a clue, doesn't have an, any knowledge whatsoever. But she was each one teaching one, wasn't she? She was each one reaching one, wasn't she? She was sending that stuff out in mass. And each of these groups that don't understand but bring Richard Wolf on to explain debt ceilings about how the U.S. government borrows from corporations. No pushback from any of them. 
So you're not just dealing with the mainstream media that you've got to debunk. And unfortunately, there are people out there that think it's more fun to be friends and buddies with all these groups. And while you can certainly be their friend and their buddy, there's nothing that prevents you from telling the truth and ensuring that they don't do more damage. There's no excuse for doing damage. If you don't know a subject, don't cover it. Don't cover it. Richard Wolf is not a macroeconomist. Richard Wolf does not understand monetary operations. Richard Wolf doesn't understand shit, but every fucking one of these platforms trots out Richard Wolf. Now, if you want to know about co-ops, I've said this before, ask Richard. He can give you a master class in co-ops. But they don't bring him on to talk about co-ops. They bring him on to talk about the national debt. They bring him on to talk about how spending works. And every possible thing you could get wrong, it's almost as if Richard Wolf goes out of his way to be as wrong as he can. Like, I, like it's, it's got to be intentional to be this bad. And yet, he's people in the thing. People are in the, the live feed with me and Jordan the other day when we were talking about the debt ceiling. So please bring Richard Wolf on to talk about the debt ceiling. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. So this is like a tempest in a teapot, what we're doing out here. It's like a whirling dervish inside of a little teeny teacup spinning out of control inside this little tiny porcelain teacup and having absolutely no impact whatsoever. You know, I was talking to a friend about Abby Hoffman, and Abby Hoffman is simply, you know, an anti-establishment guy. He's not a socialist. He's not teaching socialism. He's not giving you an analysis. It's just edgelord, let me own the shit libs, kind of. Let me own the government. Let me... Let me be edgy. And there's something to being an agitator, especially when you have an analysis to go along with it. But we're filled with these kinds of agitators that have no analysis. They have no analysis whatsoever. The more hyperbolic they can make it, the more hyperbolic they'll make it the least informative stuff gets you excited around the collar, gets you all up and amped up. The reality is, is that that debt ceiling conversation that happened last week and went on for weeks before that, people still don't know how to push back. Not only that, but things like student debt, they still don't know how to push back. They still don't know how to push back. They don't understand that the nation can just write that debt off, that that money's already been spent, that the government doesn't need it back. And the only reason why there are debt services out there that handle your student debt is because they were creating jobs. Those are jobs, baby. The student debt collection services. 
are private groups out there hired by the federal government to collect student debt. Does the government need that debt? No. Could write it off yesterday. No problem at all. You understand? And so the problem here, and this is a great point. Let's let's pull this up. VA from NY. Abby Hoffman cracked the code for attracting people. He made it fun. Imagine if it had substance too, LOL. Exactly. And that's what we're dealing with. It's like we have really good people collectors out there. Clearly, the bitter truth of Grumbine isn't a people collector. It just isn't. I'm smart. I come up with things, but I'm not I'm not able to draw crowds. I can't I can't just bring on anybody when I know they're wrong and act really interested in what they have to say, even though they're wrong, and not push back. Because the fact is, is that I I find telling the truth more important than people collecting. But it looks like you need both, right? And unfortunately, we've got a shit ton of people collectors out there. All just radically ignorant about economics and radically ignorant about a lot of the things that we're up against. And so, unfortunately, people can fall for just about anything. And they don't just fall for it in small groups now. They fall for it in big groups because these good people collectors with zero analysis bring them into the fold. And then now you're not fighting the right wing. You realize most of the fights we have aren't with right wingers. We already know they ain't our tribe. We already know that the stuff we're talking about is far beyond. It doesn't mean that they won't listen. It doesn't mean you can't change a few. But as a whole, you can see that there is a movement that has been infiltrated by libertarian logic that is resistant to understanding economics goes out of its way to be economically illiterate, goes out of its way to prop up crypto, goes out of its way to do these things. And I don't know why, but it doesn't really necessarily matter, okay? I think to myself, there's so many people out there that have huge platforms. And we 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 kind of went with this idea of influence the influencers. I don't know if you all noticed. It, I haven't tried it recently. I haven't even tried it recently. But I was on a roll with the Humanist, Jimmy Dore, um, and a series of other large platforms, the Gist in the UK, you name it. I, and I just kept cranking out, popping out these interviews, popping out these things to try and shed light. And in the interviews, while I'm sitting there with them, they're like. Yeah, wow. Good point. Yeah, I see that. Wow. But then as soon as I go, I say, okay, great. Thanks. Have me back on sometime. I'm happy to talk about it. Click. I mean, I was on Savvy Sabs. I've been on a ton of them. As soon as you're done, they'll follow immediately up with Max Kaiser, Keezer or Keebler or whatever the hell his name is, talking about Bitcoin. The next minute, they'll have Cynthia McKinney on talking about the Jews owning the Federal Reserve. The next thing, I mean, and, and it's like, well, shit on a stick. You're not getting any traction from that. It was almost like just a passing interest story. It wasn't like, hey, let me learn this thing. 
So here we are with Social Security. And there was a video out by, uh, I think it's Stossel. I think it's Stossel. Anyway, it's one of those former Fox people that, that was the libertarian dude. John Stossel. I think it was John Stossel. Anyway, this video is like, hey, the United States is drowning in debt. We can't just keep printing money and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, China's going to call home its debt. These things just, and Social Security is out of money. We can't just keep printing money to give people Social Security. After all, the money will be worthless. And I looked, and it had millions of views. Millions of views. Folks, millions of views. And you've got Bobert out there telling people, I don't want to pay for your student debt. I didn't take on the debt. You did. You'll pay your fucking debt. And if you saw Joe Manchin, his reason for, for standing up for this debt ceiling thing, he was one of the people that voted to not only make student debt payments start back up, but to pay interest and in past stuff because <clears throat> he felt like it ruined debt collection for the, the rest of society. And what about the people that already paid and all this other shit? But you go out there and you tell somebody, listen, I can explain how this works and you're not going to get platformed. You're not going to get platformed by the left alt media. You're not going to get platformed by anyone. They're going to just sit there and talk about how the Democrats are running up the debt because they think they're owning shit libs. Or they'll ask a stupid question of like, how come we always have money for Ukraine, but never for this? And so it just never, ever, ever, ever gains any kind of momentum. I mean, there's huge momentum. I mean, there's a there's a lot more people today that understand the financial system than there were when I started 15 years ago doing this stuff. And especially more <clears throat> in the last seven since we started Real Progressives. Seven years, folks. Scary, huh? Seven years you've been hearing me scream, taxes don't fund spending. Seven years where even the people that have heard it still don't say it, still aren't parroting it, still aren't getting it. And so you ask yourself, if a guy like myself with a little bit of a platform and the will to keep doing it over and over and over again for a decade isn't having success and the elites that are doing it instead of working with the working class are staying in the elite areas bourgeois you know ivy league folk they're producing technocrats they're not producing a movement they're producing the next generation of technocrats and We're not getting anywhere. We're literally not getting anywhere. This debt ceiling bill 
shows me how very, very little the society understands, how very, very little anyone with the power to generate large audiences cares about getting it right. And I have one friend, and he is a friend, but I'm going to say this point blank. I don't give a fuck how busy they are, bandwidth or not. I don't care how many things they think they've got to do. There's no more important thing than this. And they keep platforming idiots. And they choose to not get this shit right. That's a personal failing. That's something that they, it's there. The option's there to do it right. They choose not to. I'm busier than a one-armed paper hanger, so to speak. And I still try to get it right. But the idea is just, hey, I got to get random people on my show. Well, that's irresponsible. We've got a huge crisis here, a crisis of epic proportions, and they're not platforming people that could say these things. They're choosing to platform dipshits like Richard Wolf constantly over and over and over again to talk about a subject he is not equipped to speak on. The man does not understand federal finance. He does not understand macroeconomics. Anybody that believes the United States government literally borrows its own U.S. dollars from corporations should never be platformed again. But yet he will be. And so I'm saying this not to be mean, but to show you, in order to deal with this performative stagecraft that the Democrats put forward, You've got to explain what they've done and you've got to explain why it's wrong and you need to win converts over so that they can carry the torch and help fight it as well. Folks, climate crisis is going on whether we get this or not. This is the worst part of it. Whether you and I ever understand the money system so that we can actually force Congress to spend the way it needs to spend to stave off cataclysmic climate crisis, whether we understand how it works and are able to fight back on student debt relief. And people end up hanging themselves because when the student debt kicks back in, they don't have the ability to afford life and they can't discharge it because of Joe Biden's bills to stop people from being able to discharge student debt, okay? You've got nothing. We've got nothing. They have not, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And so, you know, I went through this process of trying to shake people up by, by rocking their world, by dropping napalm into the fucking pond to bring the fish up and hope that all the sensitive Karens and whiners and tone policers out there would at least have enough presence to bring their nets, scoop them up and nurse the fish back to health. But even that they can't do because they don't want to be on social media or whatever it is that causes them to ignore this most important thing, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is that the kind, gentle approach, while it would be my preferred way, it would be my preferred way. I would prefer to be at a dead show, 24 by 7 by 365. I would prefer to have mushrooms and weed and everything else around, hang out with people and not give a flying fuck about debt ceilings. But alas, I wasn't cut to be that. I have to do this. And it's in that breath that makes me very grateful that I was able to be grateful at the dead this weekend. 
it's taken a huge amount of the pressure out of my body. So even now, sometimes when I'm doing these live streams, I get so upset because I just want you to hear me. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I don't feel that pressure right now. I know I'm just one person. It's your responsibility to take the information and do something with it too. To make it more poignant, we went the trouble of creating an organization to help you have a place to organize, to learn that information and work together with others doing the same thing. It's up to you if you choose to use that. It's a nonprofit. It's literally a place where we can do this. If you want to be a part of something, please volunteer. We have tons of need for people that are mentally present, that are intentional with their time, that want to make change, not spend the equal amount of time saying why they couldn't do something. I don't look, everybody's got a reason why they can't do something. I get it. I, I need to focus. I need to get things done. We need to get things done. And it's, it's, it's terrifying, right? It is. I, but again, I <laughs> come to find out Jerome Powell, the fed chair, was at Dad and Company, the very show I was at at Jiffy Lube Live out there in Virginia. Kind of put a little bit of a stink on the moment for me, okay? But the truth is, we can't do it ourselves. None of us can, not one of us. Not one person can do it ourselves. Not me, not you, none of us. It's gotta be a we thing. And it needs class analysis. And see, talking to a friend the other day, and I was blown away that there are still people out there that say racism's over. We had a black president in the left spaces. But he did. He came to me and told me point blank. Because, see, the establishment has destroyed any kind of coherent analysis of what society is. They've weaponized identity politics instead of understanding that identity is a part of intersectionality, which is a part of class, which is what we need to be focused on. Class analysis isn't in the absence of our differences. Class analysis is understanding our differences so that we can build a class consciousness. This individual thought that it's woke politics which just broke my heart because woke meant something before the freaking shit libs got a hold of it too it still means that by the way don't let desantis and hillary clinton define your words for you we need that whole intersectional movement to make a dent i'm telling you if you ever want to feel what i'm talking about Drive Route 28 and Route 7 in Loudoun County in going towards Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Out there by Dulles, you want to see hell. Go look at these buildings. Go look at these majestic monuments to the gods of war and realize we can't even get the idea down that we can afford to do nice things for each other. We can't even get the idea down that the government is the currency issuer. We can't even get the idea down that this debt ceiling 
was a joke. And we can't even get the idea down that it takes all of us, not just some of us. Not everybody is cut out to talk to libertarians. I came from that world. Doesn't mean I'm cut out to talk to, okay? I I came from a Republican world. Doesn't mean that I'm cut out to talk to them. Because I get angry because I learned, I'm like, you mean to tell me you're still stuck on that same shit for real? But the left is worse. I've come into the left and I'm like, who the fuck are you people? Talking about gold standard. We need the gold standard back. What the fuck? And, and, and so all the ridiculousness out there is because there is a propaganda machine that goes beyond the obvious and it infects different ways and it propagates through us repeating it. And I feel sometimes like I'm climbing a greased slide on a hot summer day trying to get to the top. And if I'm not slipping and sliding on the grease, I'm getting stuck with a singe right there on that old that old 1960s mirror slide that you never wanted to slide on because you knew you were going to tear your ass up. That's what it feels like trying to get this message out. Each one, teach one, each one, reach one. The debt ceiling's a lie, but who cares if we can't reach everybody? It's just knowledge that will make it feel like shit when we go over the cliff and we say, I told you so. (sighs) Anyway, with that, I'm Steve Grumbine. Thank you for riding with me today. Please consider becoming a monthly donor at our Patreon at uh, Patreon forward slash Real Progressives. Uh, please come to our website, realprogressives.org. Go to get involved and volunteer. Please subscribe to this fucking channel, folks. I need your help. Any help I can get from you to cross over, to get bigger reach. There's no ego here, man. I gladly step down, let somebody else do this. If somebody else were ready to do it and somebody else were better. I, my fear is, is that I just need to get this word out. You need this word out. We all need this word out. So please, in whatever way, shape, or form you can do it, contribute your time, your talents, your treasures, if you have them. But either way, become a part of it because this mountain is huge. We're not going to get anywhere until we get it. All right. Steve Grumbine, rogue scholar, happily back from the dead. And um, I hope that that, peace and love that came over me through the grateful dead or the dead and company show stays with me because I like how I feel right now. I like who I am. I like what I was. I like who I was and I don't want to lose that. And I don't want you guys to feel bad either. I want you guys to be able to find that happy spot so we can pivot out of this and bring as many people into the fold as possible. And with that, I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.